everybody. Welcome to episode nine of the Socially Distanced Podcast. We've been doing this for almost, well, over actually two months now, which is insane. Um, Al is already disengaged from this podcast. He's texting somebody. My name is Bill Bodkin. I will be the quote-unquote host of the episode. I am the editor-in-chief of thepopbreak.com, and I am joined by my co-host, the reluctant managing editor of thepopbreak.com. He's a little goozled on the tequila right now. So this is what happens when you're a dad and you barbecue. Sometimes you imbibe in the spirits of the world a little too much. Al Manorino, your hair is 10 feet high. How are you doing, sir? I am great. Um, I am definitely in need of a uh, haircut. But I other cut, than that, the beard's gone. Today. The beard's gone. I'm pretty upset about that. Well, you um, brought it down. I, it, I brought it down because um, there was a, a unanimous, um, om- almost revolt in the household as well as the family of like, you need to get rid of this. It's it's becoming an issue. Well, Parker, come on. Even he Parker? didn't really care for it. He didn't really care for it. Yeah, you got to watch out with the kids. I actually cut my sides of my hair because with my beard trimmer because it was just too much. Um, yeah. We are joined today by someone I like to call a high-key MVP for thepopbreak.com during this time of quarantine, churning out awesome pieces at an insane clip. He is the Murchison of Venice all the way – I don't know if you've ever heard that one before – all (laughs) the way from Arizona, Ben Murchison, who is sporting a resplendent beard. How are you doing today, pal? Thank you. That that's a hell of an intro. Uh, yeah, I am. I am sporting a beard. Uh, I grew it out for you know this time in quarantine. Opposite, I guess, of Val. Like everybody, meaning my girlfriend, uh, likes it and told me to keep it and grow the hair out. But the the hair, I don't respect myself, so I continue to keep a hat on at all times if I'm seen in public. Currently, I, I have not shaved this beard. I have not been clean shaven in eleven year, uh, ten years. No, eleven. Sorry, because my wife said I look like a child. So uh, I have to keep this on. Ben, what are you drinking this? uh, Well, technically for you, it's still a dusk out in Arizona. Yeah, we're like afternoon time right now. Right now I've got this uh, Firestone Flyjack. It's uh, a low-cal IPA uh, because I found as I enter my mid-30s, I can't drink the heavy IPAs all day and maintain what little figure I have left. So I'm trying to uh, get the taste without all the calories. That's good. I, I've honestly have had a few low-cal IPAs, and I've actually dug them. I had uh, yeah. one from uh, Flying Fish. They do – I think it's called their Lo-Fi, and it was great. It was, like, really sweet for an IPA, and I was I was I I really dug it. Yeah, the Lagunitas out here has a daytime IPA, which is the first uh, venture into that, and it's, it's delicious. Lagunitas Love me some Lagunitas. Yeah, well, in this general vicinity, like, we get all the West Coast stuff here. Um, yeah. Basically, every trip I make to the grocery store, about three-fourths of my bill ends up being beer. So uh, I'm that's just fair. trying them all until I find the one that's perfect. Well, as, uh, I am not ja- I'm not Jamesoning up tonight because I'd like to be vertical <laughs> well, by the disappointed. time the podcast ends. I am drinking a little Tito's, though, which is uh, always yeah. my ride or die when it comes to vodka and I, wanting I bought, to come back. I, I went, when I did the like a liquor store run a couple days ago, I bought like a vat. You know, it's when when there's like a like a like a Is liter a or like the handle. Oh yeah. So like, I feel like once you get past like the mini bottle and then like the normal size bottle, anything bigger than that is like 
too much. And I bought one of those for uh, my wife, who likes to make uh, Moscow meals. I uh, I went with a pint this time because uh, after our infamous podcast, I'm like, I'm going to make get smaller bottles. Uh, doesn't change much, but you know, I have less. There's less room for me to get completely wasted. Sure. Um, so Ben, great to have you on, man. You've been doing awesome stuff in um, awesome stuff in, in the movie department, awesome stuff in the TV department. Um, you are the guy who was like on the the, the cutting edge for uh, I believe Dave, the FX series, uh, which yeah. Al, you have you have uh, waxed poetic about. And you multiple were times on this Netflix, podcast, uh, you were a Netflix movie guy for a long time. Yeah, pretty much anything that came out on Netflix. Uh, and before that, I uh, when I first started writing, I had the Movie Pass deal, so I was going to see everything. So you any also, like you did a lot of stuff with dogs. It was like uh, robotic yeah. dogs. You were our guy. Back to back, I went to see Alpha and Axel, which were two, you know, completely unrelated dog movies. But uh, yeah, Movie Pass was great for a minute because I could just see whatever for free. So if somebody wanted me to go see something that I would have never in any other circumstance gone to, I was your guy. Uh, so yeah, that that was good. But uh, yeah, Dave for sure. Like me and Al talked a little bit on, on Facebook about how good that show is, and there should be another. I did like one more follow up article now yep. that the whole uh, first season's done. This should be posting soon. Yeah, it's just post before this podcast is out. But yeah, cool. uh, check out all of Ben's stuff on there. Uh, this is also like besides being a Ducktales like stand podcast, this is a Dave <laughs> stand podcast. It's so that means true. I actually have to watch it now. I'm I'm very excited to read that piece, uh, Ben. I. I was blown away by Dave um, and just, I guess kind of in the same, like I kind of knew Atlanta would be really good just because Donald Glover was involved. I didn't know what it was going to be necessarily, but I knew it would be good. This, I didn't know it was going to be good because I didn't really know a lot about little Dicky. I knew about, um, was it Jeff Schaefer who uh, co-created the league, worked on Curb Curb Your Enthusiasm and Seinfeld. Like I knew. Did we talk about the league on that one podcast now? We did. We did. No, we talked with. Um, oh yeah, <laughs> it's like the Logan destroyed. Valor joke. <laughs> exactly. But yeah, no, I, I, I just didn't expect it to be that good. I didn't expect him to be that talented at you know all these different areas of of, of, of TV show creation. So it's, uh, I'm excited to read your piece. Also, yeah. we can blame Ben for Tiger King. Ooh. <laughs> I think yeah, I was the first person to you jump are, in. Man. Like, you jumped on hey. you, you jumped on that grenade, and God bless your heart for that. Oh, this is definitely a Tiger King podcast as well. As much it's as right. we are, like every we, episode, so. we are a reluctant Tiger King podcast. Yeah, I almost yeah. said Tiger King podcast, but you know, whatever. It's, hey, whatever. I just downed this whole pint of vodka, so I'm good. I saw you throw that back real fast, and <laughs> brother, you, know, you have no idea. It's gonna be a next next drink. No, I'm and also I'm also uh, you're supposed I'm, to host this one, dude. I'm upstairs in my office slash bedroom. I have yeah. no air conditioner on. I'm gonna sweat everything out, so I'm good. Um, Excellent. So, Al. We had a lot of news happen this week. You know, we had some, yeah. unfortunately, before we get to the segment, you know, unfortunate news today, uh, you know, Fred Willard passed away, which completely sucks. Although, if anyone's ever, if anyone hasn't seen A Mighty Wind, the Christopher Guest movie, go see it. Fred Willard, that is like his jump off to what became the Fred Willard dynasty over the last 20 years. Amazing in that. Look up, go to YouTube, look up, just type in, what happened, Fred Willard, 
you'll thank me. It was perfect. And of course, uh, also Lynn Shelton, uh, a famous TV director who was Mark Maron's partner. Uh, she passed away as well, both non COVID related. Um, Ron Funch is the comedian actually just posted, um, a scene in from new girl where he is shirtless serenading Winston. And she directed that scene because if you don't know her, she do, has done stuff with Batman and Glow. Um, so, you know, two big losses in Hollywood, which really sucks. Um, yeah. And, and, and then uh, also a, a few days before that, we lost Jerry Stiller, which was uh, oh, yeah. rough, like crazy rough for me as, as like a, you know, a gigantic Seinfeld fan. Um, and it's crazy. He's He was only in like, what, 26 episodes or something they said. And like, he steals every scene. Like, it's it's and unbelievable. Seamlessly transitioned to a very similar role as Arthur Spooner in uh, King of Queens. Yeah, yeah. Um, and still yeah, one of I mean, the most on point monologues of all time about Jay Buhner and the New York Yankees. Oh. I'm trading him. That's something my dad used to talk about all the time. Every time the Yankees would play, uh, play the Seattle Mariners, and Jay Buhner would get up, my dad would be like, "Son of a bitch, we had this guy." We traded him for Ken Phelps, and I'm like, Seinfeld, Dad, I get it. I just, and it's funny too because the Jay Buhner thing is the thing that really popped up. But it, the last line of that is the thing that gets me every time. The Steinbrenner's here, George is dead. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, the way he delivers that on Jerry's voicemail, yeah, is voicemail, like, yeah. He, uh, he also has R- one of the, R- he also has one of the great dated lines in Zoolander. He goes. It's called a zip disk. <laughs> I'm like, oh my god! Oh yeah. If you is, were not saving things to a zip disk from '99 to '01, you ha- you weren't living, guys. Ben's like, uh, but yeah. Rest, why did I sign up for this podcast? <laughs> rest rest in peace to uh, to all the the great talent we lost. Um, yeah, and uh, surprisingly, days. surprisingly, none of the three were COVID. No, mm-hmm. and then Little Richard uh, days before all that. Yeah, too. and Little Richard. Man, this is a downer episode, Ben. You could, you could just, you could jump if you want. This whole week, I'm gonna, yeah, this, I'm gonna go mourn right now because this <laughs> yep. is tough. As a Washington football fan, you always have a reason to mourn, my friend. That That's is true. also. You're, you're. By the way, I have to just point this out. We'll get into the WTF uh, in a moment because this is what this podcast is about. Your tastes in in sports boggle my mind because you're in Arizona right now. Let's you're talk a about Washington it. Redskins fan. I, and by the way, we I'm not a fan of the name. Just putting it out there. Some racial connotations. <laughs> I'm just putting it out there. Um, if we could change the name and start winning, then I'm 100% dude, on board I've with I've always said, like, why would you not change the name of the team? You could make yeah. so much money on merchandise. you got True. a brand new team. There are people yeah. like Ben who suffer through so <laughs> much shit. Yeah. And Al and I are Giants fans. We've won Super Bowls within the last decade, sure. so we're cool, man. I know. We you know we're shit at this times. Fine. But, like, yeah, I, I still remember the $90 million you paid to Adam Archuleta for four games. Like, uh, and, like... Albert also, Hainsworth. Albert hey. Hainsworth. And I still watch that goddamn game where Michael Vick beat you guys, and I was up 90 points in a fantasy football game and lost by 60 uh, with two guys in the game. Um, I believe it. But you have, you're a Redskins fan... You're an Eastern Carolina yeah. fan, and you're a Duke whoa, whoa, fan. Whoa, whoa, All right, so Eastern Carolina, you already made a cardinal mistake. It's East Carolina, and we're very particular about that because ESPN Brother, has I, this I affinity apologize. to like mess it up. I know it's by Myrtle yeah. Beach. I'm sorry. I listen. I'm a Yankee. <laughs> what can I tell you? Carolina. Yeah. 
Uh, East East Carolina. Yeah, I my it's my dad's fault that I'm a Redskins fan. You know, I was born in '86, and the Redskins were you know coming off great years, and then we won Super Bowl in '90, you know, one '92 season. So I was there at the peak as a child, and I would watch like VHS like replays that my dad had recorded, and so I thought we were great. And then since then, it's just been downhill repeatedly and just torture for kick, you know the last twenty years. Kicking the nads. It's not every great. single year. Oh, uh, every time we get a little bit of a glimmer of hope, uh, it goes away immediately. You know, Alex Smith, we get him to the team. I love this guy. He's just a winner. Like we may not throw for 300 yards, but we're winning games. We're first place in the East. Let's just break his leg in unimaginable ways and make it impossible. And, for him and, to- and speaking of that, Ben, you wrote that piece on the Alex Smith E60, which I thought was great. And I didn't realize that was this, the same day to the minute almost of yeah. when Joe Theismann got his leg broken by Lawrence Taylor and ended his career. Sorry. So okay. It's a hell of a drug, man. I'm sorry. So, so many weird things that like tied all that in. There was so much that was exactly right. Uh, but yeah, I, I think I just needed to write that piece for therapy just to talk it out about the last time that I had a little bit of hope before it was taken away again. And, and, but yeah, you're also, um, um, you're also ECU fan and Duke fan. Like, yeah, where's yeah. that? Come on. Uh, I get crap for that. So I, uh, I grew up on Duke basketball as a child. Again, based on the time frame that I was born, uh, Duke was really good. You know, we started to get good basically the year that I was born, our first Final Four in 86, and then back-to-back national championships, 91, 92. So um, right at the time that I was, again, becoming a sports fan, Duke was it. Uh, so I picked that all on my own, and I followed them. Oh, so you're uh, a bandwagon jumper. That's cool. Uh, well, as a child, can you really be a bandwagon jumper? I don't know. As a five-year-old, I can't really make those decisions. But uh, my, my dad, luckily, also, too, would get me, like, tickets through, like, sales uh, company that he worked for to like, go to, like, Duke football games, which was not bandwagoning to go to a Duke football game. They've was been... Dave Brown on the team at the time? <laughs> uh, <laughs> maybe. I'm trying to remember. It, was, it wasn't great. It was definitely before Cutcliffe came to Duke football. Yeah, it was probably uh, Dave Brown, former Giants quarterback. Yeah. He was he was hot garbage. He's from New Jersey too. Dave Brown, you're hot yeah. garbage. Uh, well, we did get Mo Williams, that was like a Duke wide receiver that became East Carolina head coach, and then we had like back to you know back really horrible seasons. So, um, were you a big Jay Williams Duke basketball fan? Yeah, I mean, you can't hate that 2001 team. This guy, uh, he was a year ahead of me at my high school. Yeah, I, really? I knew Jay very well. Yeah, I knew yeah. him very well. He was, he was Jason at the time. Jason Williams, yeah. Well, he was still. And uh, I don't forget <laughs> the first story I ever wrote as a journalist was covering him in a flag football championship game. Oh, wow. <laughs> because they're like, they're like, you have to. Jay Williams is in the flag football championship. And I'm like, yeah, I know. I was in that league. He destroyed us. And, um, and he, you know, I had to go cover that. It was the first story I ever wrote in my journalistic career was Jay Williams dominating a flag football game because, you know, that guy just can't be awesome at just everything. He's just a freak athlete in general. And now he's like probably one of the better you know sports commentators on ESPN, so he's doing great. But yeah, I, it, long story short, uh, Duke is apparently really expensive to go to, and you have to get really good grades, and I didn't try that hard. So I ended up doing East Carolina, which was awesome in the state because I didn't want to go to an ACC school uh, that would compete with Duke. Uh, so ECU was it at the time. Is that right uh, outside and, of Myrtle Beach? No, it's it's like um, no, that's coastal Carolina. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> listen, I, yeah. it's alphabet soup, dude. I'm from New oh, Jersey. Man. I don't know shit. We're we're uh, like closer to where uh, I guess like Outer Banks, the show on Netflix, would have thought that they should have probably traveled to Greenville, North Carolina, for ECU instead of trying to go to Chapel Hill 
if you watch that monstrosity on Netflix and like how they butchered uh, geography. That's how they tried doing Point Pleasant on Fox. Remember that show, Al? That was oh like, my god! It yeah. was like nothing was. Sh- it was shot in Vancouver. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny. Uh, I was I was muted before, so two things I wanted to say. Yeah, One, you were glim- so, glimmer. Like, you know, like I could see your mouth moving, Al. What the hell is going <laughs> well, on? One glimmer of hope for the Redskins, I, going all the way back, is the they drafted pretty well. I thought this I year thought and uh, this Chase year. Young. I mean, yeah. I really, I really wanted You're him welcome, to be a giant, but man. we uh, we suck and would never trade up for him. No, um, and we they, suck because we friggin' won that game. Absolutely, if we won. They so lost much. that game. We would have had. I was yeah. so upset. I was uh, watching that like, please God, just don't screw this up. Lose I think the I game. Messaged you this after that game, Ben. I was just like, yeah. You're welcome. You, you uh, got him. I was, but you dressed yes. well, and uh, I was surprised you guys let Chris Thompson go. I liked him a lot. Um, yeah. He was a good player. But, I like, yeah. but, seriously, Al, what the fuck? What the actual fuck? Oh, wow. What a, what a, <laughs> what a segue, man. What a terrible segue from a what terrible a host. So so good. Uh, this this week, what I mean, people who are listening to this are like, uh, when does it become a sports podcast? You only talked about sports on episode one with Tom right. Brady. Welcome back. That's right. Uh, true. Welcome back. Uh, suck at Tom Brady is more like it. <laughs> uh, this week, seriously, what the fuck? Uh, it's probably the one of the bigger pop culture what the fucks in recent memory was uh, Fox slash Disney's The New Mutants. Um, this movie. Believe it or not, was the last of the Fox uh, X-Men franchise films. Mm -hmm. And this movie was supposed to come out in 2018. Yes, Um, it was. Last time I checked, it is 2020. And it's feeling like that's going to be for the foreseeable future, this this god-awful year. Um, This movie has been pushed not once not twice, not three times, not four times, but five times. Maisie Williams was nine when this movie was filmed. <laughs> That's right. That's right, Bill. She looks almost completely different from the, the trailer She looks to like now. a new human. That's right. Yeah. Um, That's that was a bad joke. I was waiting for you to react to it. This, I know. This I is before to. They filmed this before Game of Thrones thought it was cool to put her character into a sex scene in the last season of Game oh, of Thrones, basically. Always, I felt weird about that. <laughs> Everyone Still. did. I was Everyone like a dad. Did. I was just like, I, I don't approve of this. Why is it? <laughs> it's like she's not even my daughter. I'm just like, it's my kid. It's like I watch my kids. So, like, I can't do this. So uh, Vulture uh, put put things in perspective. Um, the, the day that this movie was supposed to come out was the day that Rampage with Dwayne Johnson came oh. out. Collider had just, one of the all-time great headlines about this movie and saying, yeah. this is a Guns N' Roses album. In yeah. movie form. And it, it totally is. You could say it's also like a Dr. Dre album, too. Yeah. It's never going to come out. Yeah, it's I never going to come out. It's, it's People forgot actually. about it. Oh, oh, there you go. That's better. Ben, he's <laughs> getting in it. He's getting Bill, in it. He's dodging that's rattlesnakes. That's how you forget. Oh, that's, yeah. I mean, that almost would be a great episode that's title. <laughs> um, but yeah, so the seriously what the fuck this week with, um, with the New Mutants is why isn't this on streaming yet? I mean, you know, we're going to get into something later in the episode that is going to be on streaming that we didn't think would honestly ever hit it. Um, Why isn't this available yet? This is not a part of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. This is is just like dead weight that Disney acquired. It is 
already filmed. It's done. This movie didn't go through re-edits. Uh, this didn't get Although a Kevin Feige. they thought they Feige. were going to do re-edits. They, and, and the director um, has said that they the, the cut that is going to come out is his same cut that was coming out in 2018. So there's no Kevin Feige magic on it. There's no, like, this is the back door into the MCU. Why? Why are they doing this to us? And in the sense that, like, A, why are they still giving us, giving us this movie in theaters? And why aren't they putting it on streaming just to get it over with at this point? It's so old. Ben, you're the guest. Oh, <laughs> have at it, brother. No, I mean, you're right. I, I feel like there's no way they can have this much faith in this film at this point. Uh, there's no way they think it could do the box office that they might have expected initially. So it, it seems like a perfect target for streaming. I mean, like you said, they were they were going to do reshoots at one point, And then they realized that, holy shit, like these teenagers uh, grew up and it's been like three years. So we can't just start filming new scenes with these people. They're going to look totally different. Uh, so I feel... Based on everything I've read, uh, Josh Boone, I guess the director, was kind of handcuffed you know, by the company in terms of like what they wanted him to produce. And I don't think we're going to get anything you know, like what maybe his initial vision was, despite what he you know, might be saying. And I think we're looking at like another, hopefully not, but like Fantastic Four remake situation where they can Ooh. just say, you know, it's not what we were expecting. Uh, but – I mean, I don't, I don't know. You, you give these guys that don't really have a whole lot of experience with like these major blockbusters that you know had some success doing like ten million dollar movies, and then you throw them like a hundred million dollar budget and ask them to go produce you know something for whether it is an MCU movie or not anymore, uh, you know something that's going to be on par with that. It's just tough. Uh, it's it's a horrible ask. And then you handcuff them on top of that and say like this is what we want because I know they recut it as like a a horror movie. I think I read like after it. Uh, came out, they were like, oh, we want something like it because that seems to make money. Supposedly, according, well, I just did a pod, uh, the TV break podcast, which will be coming out uh, the day before this airs, um, that they, after Logan came out, Logan, how long ago that was, they are like, yeah. oh, He's cool, 16? hard R, you know, movies will be good. Let's do a yeah. hard R, you know, re-edit on this and it that never happened. Now, I'm, before I give my opinion on this, Ben, I'm going to throw it back to you. Have you watched this trailer, and do you have any interest in seeing this movie? I have watched the trailer. Uh, so, two things. One, being that I am in Arizona, there's a line in the trailer which bugs me because since I moved out here and I hike all the time, I have to be wary of, of rattlesnakes. So, in the trailer yes, that I watched, I make a comment... <laughs> They make a comment about uh, baby rattlesnakes are more dangerous because they can't control the level of venom that they, you know, shoot, which has been proven time and time again to be false by science. So, like, that bugged me because, you know, I had to be on top of it out here. Uh, Dear X-Men, science wins again. Yeah, see, there you go. Um, and then, I mean, interest-wise, like, at the time that it was coming out, you're looking at, you know, Maisie Williams, it's at the top of Game of Thrones uh, fame. You've got um, Stranger Things with Charlie uh, with Heaton. Heaton. Yep. Mm -hmm. Yep. And then Anya Taylor-Joy, uh, for me, is now uh, a part of the Peaky Blinders universe, so she's she's special. Well, uh, yes. And uh, I'm going to check another box yeah. because Peaky Blinders is my favorite show ever. Ben, uh, is well, a, ben is our Peaky Blinders guru on the site. And got it. A site, a show I am criminally behind on, and that is like I should be I need to watch it. face for that. Being Irish and drunk half the time. Oh, um, what is wrong with you? Oh, dude, so many things. I mean, come on. If you listen to this <laughs> podcast, a lot of things are wrong with me. Um, Al, what about you? Did you – I mean, you are a guy who 
you know, on record, big comic book guy. Um, was New Mutants something that you were like, out even at like when you saw the first trailer, you're like, yes, this is something I definitely want to watch. Well, there's an Avengers uh, no, Infinity I, I understand War poster that. behind me. But, I am a, a yeah, I, I I live and die for this stuff. Um, I you know post post uh, Days of Future uh, is it called Days of Future Past? Yes, yeah, Days is. of Future Past. I had to think if they screwed up the the original comic book title. Um, post that in terms of the X Men franchise, they like really went just you know once they got once Matthew Vaughn was kind of out of the picture, which was a it, it bad just, move. It went went downhill with. I mean, um, I didn't mind Apocalypse. It's not good. It's not terrible though. It's not like X Men Three Last Stand bad. It's not. It's just a waste. It's just not a good movie. It's like crap. I didn't even watch Dark Phoenix. I I I I've seen bits and pieces. I can't. I can't. I haven't seen it either. I just heard bad things. It's on HBO right now. It's it's an HBO movie of like within the last three to four weeks. So to. To me, I felt like you had some like young blood director. You had like a really cool, interesting cast. You had a different take on, um, you know, uh, you know, the X Men, but also you're adding the horror element to it. And then also, it's like a, a kind of in the comic book realm, like a beloved like Very. series, right? Yeah, Bill Sienkiewicz, uh, Claremont, like everyone loves the new mutants in like the comic book collecting community. And you just got some like really interesting like characters that you can explore with, um, with Anna Taylor, uh, Taylor Joy's character, Ma- magic. Um, and, uh, like, like seeing a, a live action demon bear would be pretty cool. And I think that's what they're alluding to. It looks like something I, I would at least think is okay. And that's saying something for like the post days of future past Fox, x-men universe um it just doesn't make sense to me that they haven't released it yet when there are people home theaters are not open they're stay-at-home orders um and you're you know we're seeing big 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 box office movies like scoob which, uh, which uh, i watched on <laughs> friday which you just watched um you know and uh, there's Trolls another, World uh, Tour and Trolls uh, World you're going to see seeing... uh, Lovebirds, which is being very under promoted on Netflix and should be out soon. Um, yeah, but, That's I, but crazy. To, me, to me, I I've, I saw this trailer. And I'm like, wow, this is a, a new this is a new way of framing a superhero movie, doing it in more of a horror type thing, more of a psychological thriller. I said, cool, I'll watch this on a streaming service. That's what I thought. Um, it looked cool. Uh, it didn't look anything that was like, so like I had to be there, but, um, to me, Al, you posed the question, why isn't it on a streaming service now? I think they are really banking on, and this is a weird business, uh, plan. They are banking on when this movie comes out at the end of August, that movie theaters will be open. And people have this morbid curiosity now. Like this movie has been moved five times, and it should have been released two years ago. That people were like, you know, part of my language, or but oh, whatever, we can swear on this anyway. Fuck it, it's the first <laughs> movie out. Let's go see it. I think that yeah. because I don't think it's moving the needle to draw people to because I I don't think they'll be released on Disney Plus. I think it would be a Hulu release, and and I could be wrong. But I don't think a lot of people – it's not moving the needle for that. 
Whereas if this is the first movie that comes out, everyone's like, oh my God, I have to see something. And this movie, ever it's so controversial for, or quote unquote, I have to go see it. And that's the only reason I feel like Disney would be holding on to this movie into the, in theaters. I mean, they gave up on Artemis Fowl. That's on Disney Plus in June. And that's another movie that's been delayed forever. But they're pitching that as like a kid's movie, right? So I, I think the big... I mean, it's just like they yeah. gave up on that. I, they, I think they're just banking on controversy at this point. What con- like a movie that gets constantly? It's so bad. It's, good. it's so bad. I have to see why it's Doesn't... been delayed. I, no, I, I'm not saying that. I don't believe. No, I know. Like, it's it's a weird business plan. Yeah, no, I'm saying like a, a movie that's constantly delayed like this, even pre oh quarantine, no one will give a shit. And I that's what it, happened. It was I think just moved three times before quarantine. Oh yeah, but I think it's just now. It's like people are like. If it comes out and movie theaters are finally opened, it's like, oh, shit, we can bank on any – people just want to go see something. It's not going to have a life in theaters. Like say miraculously theaters start really opening in like July where they're saying like Tenet's going to be the big, big movie that's coming yeah. out, right? That's are you fucking going to see Tenet or are you going to see the New Mutants? Well, Tenet, if, new, if Tenet's all sold out, they're going to go see New Mutants. Uh, when has that ever happened? In, in well, this what is, I mean, it's been 102 years since the pandemic. You know what I mean? So it's like, sure. so it's, yeah, I, mean, I think th- that's the only reason I could think they're just banking on the, the 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 outside chance. People are so desperate. They just want to do something in a movie. I think if it came they, out in 2018, like initially planned, it would have done well, like right after like the Logan time frame. But since it's gotten pushed so many times, I don't know. I don't think it would have. I don't think it's going to do well in theaters or would have done well in theaters. Really? I think this is going to be. It would have been Dark Phoenix numbers, uh, half. It would have been half that. It, it would just, have been smarter as a show, to be honest with you. If you're going to go that, it theater. would have been smarter as not happening. But oh, more like uh, in the process. More like the Runaways, I guess, or something you could do on like that's like Boulder. The Runaways yeah. good. Yeah, that could have been in that. Like that. Yeah, and that didn't do. Did that didn't do. Great. Two seasons. Two seasons. Yeah, I feel like people. Oh no, wait, that's a lie. Three, three. seasons. Yeah, three. <laughs> three seasons. Um. Yeah. I, I just, this whole movie. The, this whole the the existence of this movie is a WTF because it's just like, <laughs> why the fuck yeah. haven't you moved it? But I guess they just think like, they're. I I, I just keep going. Man. Like they're like it. Like people aren't going to give a shit about it on streaming. So like, out of sheer desperation, they'll care about it on. Movies. Not true. I think the, 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 oh, the, no, the man. I'm, I'm trying hard to give it a, a reason. No, the, no, I think the the play is put it to streaming because you could say, "Oh yeah, I agree." That, right, like because the, the all right. I don't want to spoil what's going to happen at the end of the episode, but they Disney has announced that they're moving something extremely early that was supposed to be a big, big theatrical release, and they're pushing it. In July, and I have a I have a stream. whole theory on why that's happening. I don't. I and do. I'm excited to hear you. <laughs> yeah, I actually There's, thought about that. Like for once, I actually makes, have a thought for a segment. Ooh. It makes. Have no another bad. drink. <laughs> it makes no uh, sense. You don't that want me to have another trying, drink because I'll forget my goddamn point. <laughs> it just it makes no sense to me why they would hold off again for a movie that is going to feel at this point dated and. And irrelevant. It already is irrelevant. That there's no sequel to this movie. It's There's no Easter eggs that are gonna. It's 
It's hey, crazy to me. Hey, man. It like, uh, hurts my head. Ben, what, what do you got? S- Solo did so well when they pushed back and did reshoots for years. Oh. So, you know. Hey, that did Deep Six all night, right? Scary. I also have a Solo poster, actually, over there. Which I didn't I mind. Do, I, I don't I, hate the movie. I actually I like it. Like they spent so much money having to reshoot it, they could never financially recover. Alan, I just podcast how we didn't mind Tiger King. We did. I still would like to see a, the Lord and Miller version of that movie. Hey, you saw bits and pieces of it. Except you, heard, you had to hear the line, Han, Solo, fuck you, Disney. Yeah, <laughs> For that line alone. <laughs> yeah, I just... I, I t- just to end this uh, what the fuck... Uh, so we can go back to being a sports podcast. <laughs> I, this is the. It I almost was a sports of, WTF, by the way. But, uh. I can't think of another time for when this would happen, right? So, like, imagine if you will, this happens a little high. earlier, right? Disney Disney buys Fox like a smidgen earlier, and Fox already has a. Uh, Fantastic Four reboot in the can. Oh, Disney would burn that shit, right? Because yeah, no one can make a good Fantastic Four movie. Not true. Brad Bird probably can because he did it already. Um, Such a good cast, too. The Incredibles. And it was a good cast. Oh, I was going to say, I'm like, fuck you. No, the, all the Fantastic Four no. movies were terrible. <laughs> but I'm saying, like, imagine this happens and instead of the New Mutants, it's the Fantastic Four that they're throwing in limbo, right? That's, that's the last of this... Uh, Fox Dynasty. There is no way they see that cut and say, "Let's throw that in theaters. That'll make us a couple bucks, uh, right?" So that must mean that, that the New Mutants is kind of okay. Yeah, it must be kind of good. The New Mutants, because they're like, you know what? We're gonna hold off. We want people to see this in theaters. We don't want to get a couple that, more subscriptions. All, okay, we so want to get. We want to get asses in seats. The only other thing I can think of there is they're just like it's superhero. It has to do well. It's always made money, and they have no budget. It like this budget might be so low that they're like, you know what, a superhero movie could make bank, and even if it makes ten million dollars over budget, that's a fucking win. But budget can't be low, I wouldn't think. But I mean, when, the cast at the time wasn't. I mean, I don't know if Maisie Williams and Charlie Heaton are are. are um, commanding or Alice Braga is commanding that much money, you know, and uh, I don't know what the effects were. What? If Maisie Williams knew she was going to kill the Night King in the future, spoiler alert, then, you know, we're, we're fucker, looking at bank. We're a year removed. There's still a moratorium. <laughs> one, one more thing. So we saw what happened with Trolls and, and probably Scoob too is the movie was released in like two weeks. The movie made like a hundred million dollars or something ridiculous, yeah, right? Twenty dollars for Disney could s- Disney could still go that route. They don't have to release it on Hulu or Disney Plus. If if they said, "Hey, we're gonna actually release, uh, we're gonna release New Mutants uh, for two weeks only. Um, you'll be able to rent it, and then it's gonna be on Disney Plus in August." People would be like, "Oh, well, it's available. I'm gonna watch it." Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Why? Yeah. That's money. So again, it has to be kind of okay for them to wait and not make money this long. For for my money, and, like and, Bill and Bill and Ted comes out in August, I'll probably just hold off. Yeah. <laughs> I dude, if have, that movie comes out on VOD, that movie's gonna make so much goddamn money. Yeah. On like day one, Anthony Toto's renting that seven times. He, he'll have it for two days. He's like, I'm gonna pay twenty bucks for every time. 
Love that guy. But I mean, I'll rent it. I mean, I'm I'm there. But and it's very interesting to see what's going to happen. But I feel like we've talked about New Mutants and banged our head against the wall to figure out what the fuck Disney's doing. We haven't we figured know. it out. Uh, we yeah, don't know either. Let's get into <laughs> no something idea. a lot more positive, a lot more hilarious and uplifting, and that is a slice of fried gold. How's that for a slice of fried gold? Yeah, boy! And that is that um, Volcano Man, a song sung by Will Ferrell and Rachel McAdams from the soon-to-be-released Netflix movie... Eurovision, based on the real-life multinational European singing competition, came out this week. Not only on Spotify, but a music video was released as well. Ben, you are more of the um, pop and dance music aficionado of this group. (laughs) I know you've thrown at... I'll get this reference. You've thrown shapes into the the subconscious, um, just like in space. Um, what did you think of this uh, killer bop, as the kids would say? I, I will say, um, I listened to it on Spotify first, and then I found the music video after. And once I watched it in the music video and saw Will Ferrell like singing this, like in his full, uh, I guess I don't know if it's like Viking necessarily, like get oh, up, but yes. what he is wearing, and then you've got waterfalls, you've got snow, you've got volcanoes. They're sitting the, across from each other, playing like the keyboard. Uh, the song stuck in my head, Volcano Man. Like it was, it was, it was popping around there for a few minutes, and I couldn't get rid of it. Uh, so I, I personally, I have no idea what the the movie is going to be like, um, but I'm hopeful because yeah, the song is is definitely as you would say. Is this even what a kid say these days? Bop is bop is like the terminology. Yes, it is. I mean, yeah. I am the oldest person on this podcast, and I can tell you, yeah. bop is what the kids are saying. Yeah. Banger, I'm second oldest, I guess. Be... So. Banger. Al, is, is this the, right? Is this right? Al's I think Banger is maybe still. Al's still in fucking. Uh, you know what? It's uh, it's actually Bop now. Oh, I, God. I I was in the Banger, uh, uh, you know, that I was in the Banger error, but now right. it's, it's Bop. It's Bob or, Bob. or the song Fox. Yes, yes. It's or, one, yeah, one it's another one. One of the other. Yeah, um, yeah Euro. This movie. Gave, this sorry. This song gave me a. I mean, I was gonna watch it's Bill Farrell anyway, but. I heard this song, I saw the video, I'm like, sold. I'm there day one, Will Ferrell. You son of a bitch. He's like the mafia. He just always sucks you back in. Once you're like, eh, I'm, be, I'm fine without a Will Ferrell movie for a while. And then he does something like, God damn it. And McAdams is, uh, you know, you know, from New Jersey. She's a national treasure. I love yeah. this song. I think this is going to be great. It's got a killer cast. It's going to be a hell of a lot of fun, man. And like just getting this after, like we mentioned at the top of the show, with all the celebrity deaths. Uh, supposedly, we have a super duper missile that's being uh, that our president just talked about. To hear about this, to hear this <laughs> song during this shit week, that was a slice uh, of fried gold for me, man. Al, as you were like as yeah. you were on mute, banishing you probably your wife from the basement. Uh, yeah, uh, my uh, our roommate. Which is my sister for the month while we, uh, while my wife and I are both working, uh, we're working online, which is uh, it's been fun, but yeah. So this, uh, I didn't know this ex- like was in existence at all. Like I <laughs> you had, didn't know your vision was know. a thing. 
No, no, no. I didn't know this was happening. Like this, your, uh, which is called Eurovision Song Contest, The Story of Fire Saga, which is the full name. This is comes out a lot. It's always been kind of like you always I, I've seen in the trades. There's always been rumblings of this Eurovision movie coming to Netflix with Will Ferrell. Ah. But you had heard nothing about it. It's like wow. this is a did- thing. But you never heard about production. You never heard about a cast. It was always like reminder. Will Ferrell's doing a Eurovision movie. And that's it? One, one day. Yeah. Uh, it comes out June 26th uh, with the soundtrack out the same day. Uh, the song is fucking – it's a bop. It fucks. It's a banger. Um, the, <laughs> all three. Bop, check, check, all check. three. Sick. The, the, Sick. Cast, the cast is amazing because if you put Dan Stevens in anything, oh, I'm in. Yeah. I and love Pierce that Brosnan. man. And Pierce Brosnan and Demi Lovato. Yeah. Um, this and first of all, Rachel McAdams, where the hell has she been? Where has she been? She's Living been off a wedding crashers' her, fame. She's been honing her chops in front of a volcano with a keyboard, is where she's there. Been. You go. Yeah. The last thing that I remember seeing her in was probably Doctor Strange. Oh, fuck. I sure like, forgot she was even in that. She's in that. She's the love interest in that movie. Um, so, I, I mean, and and you you said Bill, this has been in like the trades and like a rumblings for a while. Is it me or with these Netflix movies? There's like an announcement that something gets made, and then there's a trailer. Uh, game night was the last thing I remember her being in. Which by the oh, way, shit. If, if you have game been, ne- ben, have you seen yeah. game night? Yeah, absolutely. I love podcast that one. world. Game night, underrated Jason as Bateman. hell. Yeah. Amazing. Go watch that. Your life will be better for it. Bill, um, save it for. Save it for the watch list because that's a good one. I don't uh, have it on there, but it's uh, <laughs> but it, it's a great movie. I'll do it for next week. Yes, but um, you're right. So yes, she's great in that. But Netflix, I have two friends who work on multiple Netflix series. Uh, they're in the animated department, and uh, yeah, Netflix is weird, man. We just on our TV break, we just did like they don't they never announced their two shows. We just did for TV break. We reviewed the Eddie, which is Damien Chazelle and Andre Holland. So it's a super high profile show. And uh, barely announced. Uh, also, not very good. <laughs> like, <laughs> spoiler. <laughs> spoiler. It is slow as shit. Uh, but it has some beautiful music and cinematography in it. But, like, yeah, they don't announce things. They do not promote things very well. This is, like, I feel like yeah. this and Space Force, they're going to be pushing really hard because this is going to be the needle movers that are going to, one, get people to put eyes on Netflix and even subscribe to Netflix if you don't have Netflix already because these are Steve Perel, Will Ferrell, huge. So, and, and in some sort of fashion. So, this is actually good promotion for Netflix. This is early for them. <laughs> what what makes me excited about it is like Will Ferrell uh, always does his best work when he actually has a hand in the writing. So, you're looking at like his biggest classics like Anchorman, Talladega Nights, Step Brothers. Like he wrote you know, part of those. So the fact that he's writing this one gives me a lot more hope than a lot of the other comedies that he's done that maybe didn't do as well. Uh, but I think all of those are like peak Will Ferrell. Like that's what everybody fell in love with Will Ferrell. So it's good to see him like take charge of it. I guess his next project a little bit more. Yeah. And I, I also, I, my favorite Will Ferrell is like a very committed, like Will Ferrell. Right. And, and Psychotic even if this Will is like a, Ferrell almost. Yeah, like a, if if this is like Blades of Glory level Will Ferrell, I'm in. Like that's yeah. I didn't like, love Blades not of his, Glory that much. It's not his top, but like he commits and it's great, right? I, 
I just said those, but old school Will Ferrell is actually like peak Will Ferrell, I think, for me. Like his character in old school is just. I'll tell you right hardcore. now, I'm going to say my favorite Will Ferrell movie. It's the other guys. It's I yes, the yes, best. It's one. It's literally the best. One of the best comedies of like the last decade. It's such it's a fucking Dad underrated, great movie. The top two Will Ferrell movies, but like I think the I, other guys goes is a is another level. It is. Because he's basically he's playing the straight man, but not really. Like he oh. can't, because he's Will Ferrell. Like you, see, he like is kind of trying to be the straight man, and then just goes fucking completely out the window. He's it's a, so he's good. A I fucking got all the fly. That's right. <laughs> By the way, Mark Wahlberg was a, a voice, was, was a voice in Scoob. Okay, oh, amazing. What? Yeah, amazing. Yeah, he's um, what's his name? Right, he's like one of the. He's like the super. Yeah. It's like the faux bad. Yeah, they got like a crazy voice cast for that. It's Wahlberg, is, I got nothing going on. I'll do a voice. What do you want? <laughs> Otherwise, he's going to make another Boston movie. So let's just go. He is. It. No, he's making a new. This could have well, been our What the Fuck this week. It's he's 2020. Making, so he's making a New Jersey movie. Did you see this, Bill? No. Okay. Uh, Talk amongst yourself. I'm going to pull this up real quick because this, this is important. No, I I reviewed his last movie, uh, unfortunately, and I can't remember. Spencer Confidential. Spencer was, Confidential. Yeah, this is the remake of the series. Yeah. With Robert Urich and Avery Brooks, former, uh, you know, a, a fellow Rutgers alumni. Uh, okay. I love Mark Wahlberg, but I couldn't I couldn't do that. that uh, okay, was, so it's, like it's a, this is a Netflix spy movie called Our Man in New Jersey, oh, and it's going to star Mac Wahlberg. Mac Wahlberg. So, uh, but it's written by uh, the guy who wrote Safe House, David Guggenheim. Safe House is pretty decent. It's yeah. not bad. That's a decent movie. We have Denzel, so you can't like dislike. Safe and Go- and uh, I was a Gosling, uh, Reynolds, right? Ryan Reynolds, Ryan Reynolds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Same thing. Joel Kinnaman. <laughs> but I feel like Reynolds can make a bad movie, but Denzel necessarily can't. I don't know. Denzel is usually a lock for whatever reason. That's true. I feel like Wahlberg is is becoming like Bruce Willis. In the oh. sense that he's just—he's making these like straight to DVD like yeah, shitty movies. He really Bruce is. Willis must owe money to a lot of people because I've seen like a bunch of his stuff with the same director, and it's just like he puts out one every year, and none of them are—they're yeah. not theatrical. It's they're so not. weird, like this this subsection of actors like Bruce Willis, John Cusack, Tommy, Nick Cage, yeah, and Tommy Lee Jones, Nick Cage. They're all doing these basically straight uh, to DVD movies. I know you got uh, Mickey Rourke is another one, but it's supposed that they do big, uh, Travolta. Yeah, they do big <laughs> money in Europe. Yep, and so it makes they, sense. And then when they come to the states, everyone's like, "Boom, this sucks." We're and then, watching it. then someone who's became uh, has become that because we forgave him for some reason. Uh, Gibson, Gibson, no, Gibson. <laughs> he's starting to do that too now. I think uh, he, even yeah, before I'm, we forgave him, he was doing that. Yeah. And then we sort of did, did we forgive him? I guess because I no. Was, I mean, I, he didn't. I get think, like he get the it. Gringo, get the Gringo and uh, Bloodfather. We're both like decent movies. I yeah, yeah. I don't know. There's like a thing with like movies and art. Can you separate the person from like the project that they're in? And I that's, think that's a tough. Thing. I think people sort of got over it when he did that movie, uh, World War Two movie with Garfield and Vince Vaughn. But he's not in that. Uh, right? Didn't no, he directed, directed it. And that movie yeah, that's why I said the Academy forgave him because he got the nomination. Yeah. But as a, as a solo guy, no. Hacksaw Ridge, right? Hacksaw yeah. Ridge, yeah. But as an actor, no, he's... 
him and Ex- Rick Ex- are Expendables gunning. three. Expendables three brought him back. Oh, <laughs> yeah. So let me play a villain in Expendables three with Arnold and Stallone, and we'll call it a day. Expendables God, two. So- I always remember Jean Claude Van Damme uh, spin kicking a knife into Liam Hemsworth's heart. Yeah, I saw right. all three of those in theater. Done. I reviewed all yeah. three of them, I think, too, for the site. Yeah. Nothing wrong saw, with that. I saw them all in theaters, too. The first one's the, the best. Oh, the other one's oh yeah. Great. Absolutely. Isn't, isn't Jason Satham's last name in that one, like, Christmas or something like that? Christmas. Yeah. yeah. A- A.K.A. the reason I went to go see it, because I love Jason Statham. Gotcha. Um, <laughs> anyway, that was uh, a slice of fried gold, which went off the rails. Now it's time for... <laughs> Music in a time of quarantine. Yeah. Uh, ben, uh, you're the guest. What is the, the album or the song that you're vibing on in quarantine? And I hope it revo- involves like just crazy bass drops. <laughs> and I was like, well, first of all, <laughs> you doing that intro was the whole reason I joined this podcast in the first place. Uh, but yeah, no, I, it does involve crazy bass drops, actually. What I've really been listening to, and I think, Bill, you talked about it like last week, when you're writing or like working, you listen to something that has like high energy, but not a lot of lyrics, mm-hmm. which is my whole thing. Uh, so that's how I kind of got into EDM. Uh, I got into like EDM early with the dubstep stuff of like Skrillex uh, as I was like working out of the gym. And then it progressed into like house music now, which is what I mostly listen to. So right now, um, Insomniac, which puts on like all the major like EDM shows mm-hmm. uh, right now, EDC or uh, Vegas should be going on. But of course, like they can't do that because that would be crazy. So for three days, uh, yesterday, today and tomorrow, um, they're doing like a whole bunch of DJs get together and do like 30 minute, you know, roughly like sets uh, of their music. And, and that's pretty much what I've been listening to because you can you can watch it live and then you can go back and play it on YouTube. But it's, uh, I mean, it's a pretty cool experience. Uh, I mean, it's a great thing to either have one in the background or you're doing something else or you can go back and listen to sets when I'm writing. Uh, so that's, that's the main thing for me. And luckily, they, they're also raising money for a good cause. They created like a charity, essentially. It's called, um, what is it called? It's called uh, Rave Recovery. So it's essentially like other people in the, the rave community that they go through and, and donate money to. Essentially, you can submit an application uh, based off of like, you know, uh, hardships that you're under right now and they can go through and help support you Um, and there's a lot of people you know within the music industry and like festivals people that work the festivals that aren't necessarily the artists that are you know probably still doing okay um that need you know assistance in a time like this so uh that's primarily what i've been going through and listening to um i mean everybody is on there uh you get like the biggest artists everybody kind of the older people in terms of like benny benassi Mm -hmm. uh, is doing it you got like the best dj name ever zed's dead of course, based off of Pulp Fiction, which is cool. Uh, you know, Zoo, like Claude Von Stroke, Cascade, like everybody's doing sets there. Uh, and it's, it's raising it money as, for a good cause. As, as how old I am, I know every single person you're referencing. Uh, ah, I am very I'm, happy to hear that. Yes, I know all of them. Uh, but is there an artist in particular uh, in that crew that is like, is it your particular jam? Yeah, so uh, primarily Chris Lake is my biggest, um, you know, from a house music scene. Um, he hasn't been doing any of the live streams because he's quarantining with, uh, I think, his like wife's family um, somewhere kind of away from his stuff, and he hasn't been able to leave because like her, uh, I think somebody in her family recently had like surgery or something, and you know couldn't. Um, but uh, Vanessa V N S S A, which is part of the Dirty Bird label, like Claude Von Stroke and Shiba Son and all of them. 
um she's been doing like live streams like pretty much every week and she does a whole lot of stuff so i've been listening to her um you can catch like her sets she had one last week you can catch on youtube that they did and and one before that but um she's killing it that's 100 percent my sound uh like basically that the house music and it's it's just easy to to get through your day and work it's better than coffee i mean i still drink the hell out of that too but uh you can't be like a cup of coffee and then having that to pick you up in the afternoon and keep you going so that's that's my number one if you're needing something to have on in the background or or while you're working go go for that al uh how about you what what uh what song artists or thing that you're gonna make my eyes roll with your recommendation i i actually ran for the first time in like we know you're in shape al you've every, you being, every fucking being podcast chased? you're like i was oh, such good shape, there was guys. a bear <laughs> there was um, a bear yeah no i i javelinas and a rattlesnake oh wait you're not been yeah I, I, I have i have talked about it probably on the podcast that like i've been trying to stay in shape and get in better shape, things like that. Uh, I don't run. I hate cardio. Never really was into it. I wanted, I played football one year, and I was like, anytime we did laps, I would like hyperventilate. I just wasn't around. <laughs> just didn't like what it at all. What position did you play uh, football? I've seen pictures of you in high school. You weighed as much, you weighed, you weighed as, much as my ankle does right now. That's right. You ready for probably you're ready center then. Oh, you're going to love this. Uh, Peewee football. I was an offensive guard and a defensive tackle. Jesus Christ. You must have been in there with the most skinniest kids in the world. Every, all of us, we were just twigs. We're like the same guy. Like I, I did the same thing. I played PB football, and they put me on the offensive defensive line. I'm like, I don't weigh like a hundred pounds. And my biggest benefit was the other guy would throw me on the ground, and somehow because people weren't coordinated, the football would wind up on the ground, fumbled like right next to me, and I'd fall on it. That was my contribution. That's all, That's all you needed. I was just like, I can't run. And wasn't good at anything. They're like, if we put him here, he really can't mess things up that much. Uh, but yeah, that was that was my football career. Uh, but no, I started. I, I today was the first day I ran. Uh, my, I have my sister here living with us, and she's been running every day. And I'm like, I'll I could do that. I feel like uh, I could try it at least. It wasn't bad. I, I really liked it. And during that, I rediscovered one of my favorite songs uh, from last year. And a really great band and a really great album. Um, the band is called Mannequin Pussy. And, yeah, they're good. Yeah, and the, the song is called Dr- Drunk Two, but it's uh, the Roman numeral two. Um, it is a, a fucking banger and a half. It is such a good song. Um, I actually shot these guys. Uh, they opened up for the Yeah Yeah Yeahs at a at a festival yep. in Philly, and I forgot. That was Goose Island. I forgot yeah. that I saw them because it was at a Goose Island uh, beer festival, and I g- drank a lot. Yeah, that um, still died. managed to get some good photos, though. Um, some. But I kind of regret. I kind of regret it because uh, I really, really got into this band uh, like in uh, last year, uh, end of last year. And uh, again, I, I can't recommend the song enough. You, uh, if you're ever running or uh, just want to get like a you know a, a giant kick in the ass to start your day, it's a really great song. The whole album's good. It's like a great blend of like alternative and pop and punk and a little bit of everything. And uh, uh, Missy, who's the lead singer, um, it just has a very unique voice. They're a very strange, cool band. I remember when I saw them, she was in like a like a leotard, and I was just like, this is different. And they're very cool. So yeah, uh, the the album is called 
uh, Patience. The song is called Drunk 2. And the band is called Mannequin Pussy. And I love I just, saying the name. I just want to see them on a lineup. Like, just right there. They, they are a festival yeah. band, for sure. They are. Totally. Uh, I originally was going to pick... Uh, Metallica did a, a reinterpretation of one of their popular songs, Blackened. It's called Blackened 2020. Uh, but I feel like for this segment, it's like Metallica doesn't really need a recommendation. Like, everyone knows them. Everyone wants to listen to them. So I wanted to go a little deeper cut. And it was a band I rediscovered. Well, I never actually had listened to them. I knew the name, but I never listened to them. Uh, the band is Every Time I Die. They're a metalcore band. Uh, the reason I got into them, and Al roll his eyes, is because one of the uh, guitarists in the band, Andy Williams, is also a pro wrestler. And, and he is currently on All Elite Wrestling on TNT. He's part of a tag team called The Butcher and the Blade. And I was like, you know what? I've, you know, during quarantine, I'm like, I've never listened to these guys. I should, I should listen to them. Al just sent me an emoji with a four <laughs> face clap because he's a douche. <laughs> so every time I die, uh, it's like if you're looking for, I guess, going in this sort of uh, theme of like working out or just like getting in the zone. Like, man, if you need something aggressive, but with like a good, at times, very good melodic. Um, vocals to it like a great band highly recommend their record from 2016 low teens they're currently re- uh, working on a new record that should be out in 2020 uh but low teens the song it remembers is it's a bop it's a banger it fucks it's everything <laughs> it's the holy trinity it's it's um it's really awesome and i didn't realize i sort of have a, like a vague connection to this band because they're original record label ferret music was out of new jersey and those dudes used to work uh they were in a band called nora and those dudes used to work with me uh in the college newspaper i was at they were all in the production office so i would see every time i died hear about every time i died they recorded their uh second album uh two towns over from where i live right now uh very cool band very aggressive but can be very melodic so definitely if you're looking for something new and just like just something to work out to get the aggression out every time i die can't go wrong with them um and now we move on to our next segment which doesn't have an introduction but it's called the watch list uh because that won't stick but i just had to come up with something um this is our segment where we talk about just give you a movie or tv show that we want to recommend to you guys to watch during Quarantine. Al, I'm going to start with you first because we keep going to bed first. So switch up a little bit. Al, what's a show or movie that you're recommending to the people to watch? So, Bill, I feel like you've been in this situation before where like you like half watch something your wife is watching and you like Every day don't watch don't watch the whole thing, but like kind of know the premise. And then you watch the ending with her and then you're like, all right, I guess we'll watch it the same exact way come next season every uh, that's reality how, show on problem yeah it was well, actually, you for me yeah <laughs> did actually you say did the that view with, uh you the show you. serial killer thing yeah, i am much happier you said that than the few because <laughs> like, i don't know what the ending you're getting out of that is <laughs> uh it's actually another netflix show uh really popular the the second season dropped this week uh, dead to me and uh it's actually a fantastic show with a great cast but uh my, my wife had watched the whole first season without me. She literally gave me the plot synopsis um, in like a 20 minute conversation. And then um, she made my 
sister watched the whole first season and then they binged the second season in like two days. And uh, I like caught bi- uh, bits and pieces of it. And then I think I watched the, the final two episodes with them. And it's great. I mean, fantastic cast, obviously, as I mentioned before. Um, but it, it's just a cool it, – the, the, the great thing about it, and they said it over and over again too, while they're watching, it was like, oh, it's so great that these episodes are 30 minutes. Like it's like a it's 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 a dark comedy murder mystery. There's a lot of different elements to it, but the great thing is it's like ten episodes, thirty minutes. You can knock it out in like two days. It's a great binge. Um, it's I feel like Dexter on Showtime would have benefited with this model, and I love Dexter, but like it would have like done so. I think it would have done better. In, today if they ever did a dexter reboot half hour cut all the bs characters with storylines that never mattered and do it in this format because like like trinity think of the season four trinity with all the bullshit removed and like half the episode order would have just been like perfection so uh i think this is a great model and i i it's a great trap so dead to me nice ben did you watch that was a rant a little bit of a uh, did you watch? You seem to agree with Al on that. Oh, I definitely do. Yeah, I actually did the uh, the first season review for uh, Popric um, for oh, that show. True. So I definitely watched the first season. I'm, I'm midway through the second yet. I haven't finished it yet. Uh, but yeah, no, it's terrific. Definitely 100 percent agree. I actually thought about using that for this segment initially, so I'm glad I did not. Okay. <laughs> Check out Good our call. review of the first few episodes by Kimberly Rossi Fox, who will be yeah. our guest next week. As long as she remembers to do it. Um, and uh, and then she's going to win a season recap real soon. So, yeah, definitely looking forward to that. Ben, what's your recommendation uh, for people to watch? Uh, well, well, like you said, I've uh, I've been writing a whole lot for this site because I've been doing pretty much nothing but, you know, watching stuff. So it's, it's hard for me to narrow it down. So I'm going to briefly talk about two things. Uh, I'll allow it. Just – Thank you, thank you. I, in most of the cases I've, I've listened to the podcast, you, you have no choice. So Yellowstone uh, season yeah. three is coming out in about a month. So first and foremost, I would say go back and watch the first two seasons of Yellowstone. Um, it's on Paramount, so if you have cable, you can watch it. Other than that, I think you have to buy it off of Prime. Uh, so I'm going to have to figure my life out to watch the third season because I just canceled cable. But um, Taylor we'll Sheridan. Work on a, we'll try and work on a screener for that then for you. That would be awesome. Uh, so Taylor Sheridan that did like Sicario, Hell or High Water, Wind River, like this is his show. Um, he's brilliant at going through and trying to like simplify the story down to where you can focus more on the characters themselves and like kind of developing those people. So uh, that's on you know full display with this one. You got Kevin Costner, you know, at the head of it, which if you put a baseball in his hand or put him on a horse, he's 100 percent in his element. So this is you know peak Kevin Costner um, and, the, and the best part of this is uh, uh kelly riley that plays his daughter um she's phenomenal she's the best character on the show she uh she's fierce she's got like a ton of layers to her 100 percent should have won like an emmy last year for her performance uh so definitely go through it and check out you know the first two seasons of that before the third one you know comes out um i think exactly a month from now i think it's on the 21st of june that that's coming out so definitely check that um the other recommendation because of the way things are right now, I find myself watching a lot more comedy if I can than anything else. Uh, so uh, perfectly timed comedy is Medical Police that's on Netflix. 
if you guys haven't gotten into it yet, which it, I saw your reaction, so both of you probably have, it's Adult Swim's like Children Hospital cast, but it's, I also wrote about this for the Pop Break when it came out, but Mel Brooks like type humor, uh, you know, Abrams type humor, it's like Hot Shots, I guess, if you remember like those crazy Charlie Sheen movies, like in that regard, yeah, you can't go wrong. So it's like crazy action sequences, but just like stupid humor built into it. Um, I feel like because it came out right before COVID became like such a huge thing, yeah. uh, it's almost like Netflix had like such a perfect marketing strategy for this show. Uh, it's, it's, it's amazing. Uh, so it, it features, I mean the cast of, of, you know, children's hospital, but I don't want to spoil lines, but there's so many like lines that are now like super quotable just within my household. I mean, my girlfriend, like throw back and forth to each other. Uh, so that's, 100% if you want to watch something fun, go through and watch that comedy series on Netflix. It's amazing, especially with everything that's going on right now and, and how like timely it is. My recommendation for this episode is going to be a show that, as of we're recording it on uh, June 16th, has not come out yet. But by the time this podcast comes out, it will have premiered on uh, May 17th on TNT. And that is the television adaptation of the film Snowpiercer, uh, a film I have not watched uh, it was directed by Bong Joon-ho, uh, starred Chris Evans. Um, I've, I've been told by our television editor, I have to go back and watch the movie before I... Uh, I know, Al, I will watch it. I have to, um, I have to I like watch this. it before I can read it, uh, write the review. Um, we got screeners through. We have a great working relationship with Warner Media. Thanks, guys. And uh, I have seen a million commercials for this because, again, wrestling. I watch AEW on TNT, so every commercial break, it's Snowpiercer. Uh, this show stars David Diggs um, of Hamilton fame, as well as Jennifer Connelly um, and uh, Michael Malley, randomly, um, the comedian. And we, uh, so we got the screeners, and I was like, yeah, I'll, I'll give it a shot. I want to see what this is about. I see the commercial all the time. It starts off with, it's a, it starts off, you're like, oh, God, another dystopian future drama. Can I really get through it? But what they do is they do such an amazing job with world beard building as well as throwing in a murder mystery. Uh, I'm not spoiling anything. That's the premise of the show. So the premise really starts with uh, global warming is uh, ravaging the world. So scientists decide to borrow the plot from Highlander 2, The Quickening, and they decide to scorch the sky and shoot nuclear weapons off to create a nuclear winter. But guess what? It doesn't work because it actually... Uh, causes an ice age. So the only way for any members of humanity to survive is to be on this um, thousand car train called Snowpiercer where the, you know, it's basically a Noah's Ark and the rich, it's only for the rich people, but a whole bunch of people uh, storm the, uh, the train and they are in the back. They are the tailies. They call them. They're in the tail of the train and there's this constant social struggle. So you, um, David Diggs is one of the, you know, the people in the tale, and he is a former Detroit cop, and he is called upon to solve a murder on the train to uh, keep the peace on the train and keep the very fragile ecosystem of the train going. Uh, David Diggs, who I've never seen before, I know I knew he was in Hamilton, he's been in a lot of other stuff, amazing in this role. He just commands the screen. is so awesome. Jennifer Connelly, she's been around since... Labyrinth, you know, you've seen her in the Rocketeer. You've seen him in a million, seen her in a million things. Oh, she's great, but she's so subtle and so understated in this role as potentially the bad guy. We don't really know. I've only seen one episode. Um, it's taut, it's tense, 
and it really moves away from just being another Westworld, another the world of the future sucks. It, it has this great like world building, like I said, like this ecosystem of like what this train is, and it's it's mind boggling. But then they throw in this film noir mystery in the middle of uh, like a, a commentary about society and class, which is great. And I'm like, I'm very surprised a basic cable show of this nature um, could captivate me in the same way an H- if an HBO or Netflix series could. Because if this was on HBO or Netflix, it'd be such everyone would be talking about it. But shows on TNT don't often get the the love because they're like, eh, whatever. It's basic cable. Who cares? Um, but this is a very good show. It premiered when we're, you know, by the time you hear this premiered on Sunday, you can get it on demand. It's probably on Hulu. It's definitely on the TNT drama, uh, or TNT website or TNT app. I highly recommend you guys checking it out. It's an hour, but man, it moves and it really grabs you. Um, I was going to say, it's kind of a joke you were trying to make with it moves cause they're on a train. But it wasn't. But thank you for doing that. I was going to say you made a Rocketeer reference, so I'm 100 percent on board already. Which Disney remade as a cartoon, actually, and it's yeah, it's uh, it's a girl, it's a young girl is the the Rocketeer. It's animated. I I remember I I I know for a fact that they were promoting the crap out of the show at Comic Con last year. Yeah, and. It just feels like such a long time ago, <laughs> and this show is finally coming out. Well, was it New York or San Diego? I think it was San Diego. Well, I mean, this is TNT is really placing a lot. This show was actually moved up. It was supposed to be a, uh, I believe, a June release, and they moved it up to mm-hmm. mid uh, mid May. Like they they they're putting a lot on this show because they don't have a lot in the tank right now. Uh, Claws was their show. Um, yeah. Animal Kingdom. Um, so they've always had some shows, but like right now, TNT, it's it's Shack Life, which Ben reviewed. Um, it's and it, because uh, we're not basketball right now, and it's AEW, so they they need something to to put on there. And I gotta tell you, like I'm really surprised at just how good Snowpiercer is, and I can't recommend it enough. Like I'm surprised I, I want to cool. see a basic cable show every week. I think Briar um, Pastor was on TNT, so I'd rather leave with that as something I reviewed rather that's than on USA, Shack necessarily. But oh yeah, you're right, you're right, you're right. Well, like I, I said, you reviewed Briar, Briar Patch and Shack Life. You're multifaceted, brother. Mm. Is Briar Patch worth watching? Because I've been wanting to watch that. Yeah, you know what? I loved. Uh, I actually, if you watch the first episode, you'd be hooked. So you'll watch the whole thing. Um, I think it kind of lulled for a little bit in the middle, but then it finished strong. So it's 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 a good show, and it's like an anthology series. So they're not going to like continue it off of the original cast of characters. Uh, so you get like everything within one. So I would definitely watch it. It's good. It Remind me of like a JB Twin Peaks. Like, yeah, like Rosario Dawson is just awesome. Anyway, so I'll watch her like in anything she does. So yeah, you had me. You had me there. I think we talked about when, when when the casting news with her as uh, Ahsoka, Ahsoka came out. We, we talked about how much we love, we love, love, love her so much. Yeah, she's great. Put her in everything. And Rosario <laughs> yeah. Dawson was in our final segment of our first episode. And guys, this is the quickest episode we've ever done. Man, we're we're heading into the home stretch. This is the home stretch right this now. Is the home stretch. Do you want to go? Do you want to go back and talk about the yes. Redskins again? Because I've got several years of like <laughs> indiscretions and like just misery that I could depression. 
Hey man, we uh, the Giants picked up Colt McCoy, so we already we already that was our oh, consolation. Congratulations! Prize. Our consolation prize for uh, Chase Young, I guess. Um, nope. Uh, and the Knicks didn't get to draft Zion Williamson, so you're winning, Ben. Blue Devils. Sorry about that. Yeah, he's a great guy. Well, we got RJ Barrett, so uh, also great. Guy. I, I guess. Um, so let's get into the glimmer of hope. Glimmer of hope. Oh boy! Oh boy! The Glimmer of Hope comes to us from the company that owns everything outside of Amazon, <laughs> and that is the wonderful world of Disney. And it was announced midweek by Lynn manuel Miranda, who is the voice of Gizmo Duck on DuckTales, which, Ben, have you watched the new, the new DuckTales? This is where the time is on to the end of the episode. Honestly, as much as like you promoted on this podcast, I feel like I should have just watched it, like just to be more it. in it. But just but quiz no. us. I, I have not. I have not seen it. Oh man, I'm sorry. It's great, dude. It's well, you can watch the first two, two on seasons on, on Disney Plus. Okay. It's and like if you're like I don't know what I want to watch, I'll just put on something in the background. Yeah. Watch it and you'll get hooked because it's it's it, it's every it's every great person that you like anyway is yeah. doing voice on it like lin-manuel, Mor- lin-manuel miranda is doing gizmo duck don Cheadle you know, was in it there's so much yeah. segue i get that you're doing with this little Manuel miranda lin- thing well, well yeah. it's also disney yeah. everything, so. uh, 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 disney does own everything disney could buy yeah. five guys if they want I, it's affordable it's please. for sale <laughs> disney yes. might buy disney i heard disney might buy wwe too so they're gonna own everything because they want to and it makes money um, so uh, it was announced midweek by Lin-Manuel Miranda that the Hamilton film, which was scheduled for release in 2021, will be hitting Disney Plus on July 3rd. I don't know what day of the week that is, but it's July 3rd, so before July 4th. Uh, that was a big shock. Nobody really saw this coming. Although I have to give a shout out to Matt Gilbert, who is a senior film writer, did tweet and screen captain, so he let everyone know he was right. He said, hey, Disney, you should release the Hamilton film right before 4th of July. So, Matt Gilbert, good for you, buddy. Good job. Uh, but no one saw this guy. And this was a huge movie. This was going to be a huge release, and now it's coming to his streaming service. So, uh, not, we've talked before the podcast started. None of us have seen Hamilton. Not one of us has seen Hamilton. So, Ben, as you rub your hands together... Uh, well, what are your thoughts on, um, did you want to see, do you have any interest in seeing Hamilton in general? I mean, I don't know when plays get out to Arizona, uh, <laughs> you know, and I'm, I'm serious. Like, I don't know what theater yeah. is like anywhere outside of New York. Um, well, 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 let me tell you, Bill, uh, when I, when I saw this come up on our list of topics to talk about, I was like, thank you. Because, you know, I everybody's always like, Ben, what TV are you watching? Ben, what movies are you watching? You know, what did you catch the football game last night? And nobody ever asked me, like, Ben, what do you think of Broadway musicals? I I've never seen it. Broad, right, right. Horizons <laughs> and give you a platform to speak your soul. Yeah, I've never seen one. So uh, I think my experience with musicals in general and plays uh, ended in college because I took a theater course that I had to go see a couple uh, and then I saw some in high school because like girls were cute, you know, the other random, but that, that's about the extent of my knowledge. So I haven't, I haven't been since, and no, I don't think there's a, I mean, well, there, yeah, plays exist out here. It's not like Arizona is devoid of, of plays. They just haven't, 
for the money attracted my interest. But I will say I am interested in seeing this because it's obviously like the the most popular thing. Um, I have a friend here in Arizona that was in New York and probably saw one of, if not the last like production that actually happened before you know COVID nineteen like shut everything down. Uh, and she said she loved it. So if you know when it's streaming and I can watch it there, I'll uh, I'll one hundred percent be on board. Um, I think I've heard some of the songs through like different award show type stuff that's happened where they've gone through and performed. Um, so I have an interest level and I think it would like get me into it. And I think it's great for your musical theater in general. If you could stream something like this that people can get into and watch, uh, you'll probably attract like a lot more of an audience and I may see it streaming and they'd be like, that was amazing. I'd love to see the same thing, you know, live. So I'm on board. I'm glad that it's going to be coming out. Al, what about you? Any interest in seeing Hamilton as the, uh, like, if you had the chance to see it on Broadway, would you have seen it? Since we both live uh, in relative oh, distance to Broadway, yeah, oh, no, for, sure, for sure, I probably would have like stabbed someone to get tickets for. Because tickets Hamilton. are still, you know, that original cast is long oh, yeah. gone, but tickets oh, are still ridiculous to get a hold. Of. Crazy high. It, yeah, I think I, the last Broadway show that I remember having that like residual like. The original cast is gone, but like the play is so good that you still have to pay out the ass for it. Was like Book of Mormon, and that, it's still pretty yeah. expensive. Book that of Mormon. wicked, yeah, yeah. I listen. I it's the first Broadway show I've ever seen was Wicked. I brought, I, I got tickets, I tickets that. for my wife, who was then my girlfriend, uh, got her tickets. I, I remember buying specifically because I was like a broke high school student. I was, I got like the partial view. And we were like really <laughs> close, but like all the way to the left, and it was great. And like tickets weren't that expensive. Um, I'm, I've become more of a fan. Like over the years, I've seen a few shows, um, and I actually had tickets. Uh, my, my wife got me tickets to see uh, the adaptation of Sing Street, which is one of my favorite movies, mm-hmm. uh, for my birthday. And then <laughs> we were supposed to see it in April, and that that didn't happen. Nope. It didn't happen at all. Um, I I've been dying to see this. I we said before the before the pod. I said like I've never listened to the the album on Spotify because I want to see it first and then go back because like everyone like no, like my wife knows all the songs. She can't tell you anything that actually happens in the play, but she knows it because it was like a the when that hit, it was you know beyond a cultural moment and it's gonna be it's gonna have a second bite of the apple now um i still don't understand why disney's doing this we will get to that but i'm so excited i am uh i have seen a number of broadway plays uh, most of them really hated because it was like stuff my mom wanted to see so it was like i got to see mama mia and saturday night fever and i saw uh. lou diamond phillips and the king and i and oh, God. i wanted to stab myself through all that i did see wicked with my college girlfriend Again, yeah, but I saw it with Kristen Chenoweth and Nita Menzel, so that was cool. Like, it was super good, like, super good, and Joel Grey. Uh, so that was really awesome. Um, my wife is like, I hate theater. I don't ever want to go see, I don't want to see plays ever. And I'm like, cool, that saves me money. And but <laughs> this, she's like, I want to see Hamilton or Springsteen on Broadway. I'm like, holy shit, why don't you just ask me to steal gold bricks from Fort Knox? Because that is just as about easy for me to get. And she's like, well, you're in the media. I'm like, yeah, that's not how it works. <laughs> As, um, 
I'm excited to see it. Uh, and I will be there on July 3rd. I will definitely be there watching it because I've. it's one of those, as Ben, as you were saying, it's like it transcended the stage. It became a, a cultural yeah. moment. I mean, outside of when they booed the vice president. It was like they <laughs> – they, it became so, – and the, the, the cast, like I just mentioned, David Diggs, so many – and we mentioned Lin-Manuel Miranda. So many members of the cast have gone into big things. Jonathan Groff, obviously, he's a mine hunter. He's he's Kristoff in Frozen. I only have seen that movie 4,000 times, uh, and I've enjoyed it. And um, Let it go, Bill. Fuck Just you. let it go. Fuck both of you. Right there. Uh, good. Well played. Uh, is – yeah, I think I'm. I'm really excited to see what this this whole thing is going to be. Now, supposedly it's not like a fictionalized movie. It's like the stage performance as a movie. Uh, from what I've read, I could be wrong. But uh, Al, I'll start with you since you brought it up. Since you rang the bell, um, you have a lot of questions about why Disney is not letting this go to theater, but is bringing it to streaming. Like, give me your thoughts on this. Why are you shaking your head with your fist almost inside of your nostrils? October 15th, 2021. Why why move this to July 2020 when you know that this was going to be such a huge, huge movie? This guy in Arizona <laughs> is never going to see unless he takes a trip to the to New York, pays out the ass for, for tickets. He's not seeing Hamilton. This is something that everyone across the country and across the world would want to see. Disney knew that. That's why they paid so much money for this movie. Now, you only need a Disney Plus subscription. For $6.99. That's like what? $6.99. Instead of saying like, hey, 20 bucks on July 3rd, you can – again, I don't understand it. I don't get it. It's going to make – it's going to – listen, I get it. They're going to get a lot of subscribers if they don't already have everyone in the world subscribing. They had over 26 but, at one point, 26 million. But I don't think saying, all right, we have Hamilton now is going to double that. It's just – that's bananas if that's true. Um, I, I think I think it's a weird move on their part when they could just be like, hey, you still got to wait for Hamilton, but I got some new mutants for you. Uh, yeah, I, I was gonna so. say New Mutants has got to go to theaters, so they needed something else to, to move to streaming service. So <laughs> makes no sense. We're just going full circle with this. Uh, it doesn't make any sense to me at all, Bill. Uh, ben, what, what what are your thoughts? I mean, you started talking about what do you think about yeah. Hamilton just bypassing, you know, the movies? Oh. I mean, like I said, like there probably will be. Well, I don't know. I have Disney Plus. Pretty much only because it came free with Verizon, I guess. Like, that's the reason that I have it. And because I wanted to watch Mandalorian like everybody else that got it initially. So I'm sure there will be, like, a new juncture of people that maybe have never been able to go see Hamilton, like, live that maybe want to watch this. So maybe it'll get another chunk of people. Uh, but it is, like, crazy that they're, like, moving up the, the release date so much. Uh, it's – that's a lot. So I'm, I'm assuming they had, like, this all, like, in the can ready to go. And, like, it was could have been released at any time. And they were like, oh, we'll yeah. just move it up then. Otherwise, like, what were you, like, losing by, you know, coming, like, a year earlier to, to release it? So it's weird. But, I mean, yeah, 100%. You'll, you'll definitely get some people that will subscribe just so they can go through and see it because tickets are, are crazy. And there are people like me out in Arizona that aren't going to be seeing it live anytime soon. So we may be interested. So, well, I mean, it, 
It can't hurt, I guess. I mean, D- D- Disney does no wrong, right? They own everything. No. They do what they want. Let them go for it. So I was, trying, I, mean, I was trying to read, like, is, is there any reason? And, like, Bob Iger, who's, like, the guru of Disney, was basically just, you know, he gave this very pat answer of, in this very difficult time, this is from a New York Times article. Uh, it quoted him from Twitter saying, this story of leadership, tenacity, hope, love, and, and the power of people to unite against adversity is both relevant and inspiring. That's their, that's their reason. Um. For, Are you saying that New Mutants doesn't? Well, I'm inspired by New Mutants. I don't oh, understand yeah. why I mean, this. Like, I mean, there's a lot about diversity, in there. a lot about acceptance. I mean, like, yeah, New Mutants, baby. But that's the new. In, Hamilton. in all serious, if New Mutants was a musical on Broadway. Fucking oh. break old Hamilton's records. That's I mean, true. they can go back and do reshoots. They haven't they released can, it yet. They've they, got time. They should just make New Mutants a musical at this point. It, in in all seriousness, though, uh, by Bob Iger, who stepped down as like the head of Disney, he is staying on, and he's he uh, basically he was running Disney Plus, and I think he's he running stepped, it. he stepped back into the role of, of running Disney no, because, no. because of everything happening. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. So I know that just stepped... happened because of all this. That that was never Got the it, plan. He stepped down, and he has basically his new project was going to be fix Disney Plus. <laughs> and for people who are like, wait, what's wrong with Disney Plus? Eh, it's not Netflix in the sense that Disney Plus also have... didn't have a plan after the Mandalorian. It didn't. Yeah. This is I all mean... we need. It's you know like what Michael plan... Jordan with the six championships. It's all we need, Sean. You know what? You know what their plan is? Their plan is let's do a documentary about the Mandalorian. <laughs> you know what their next big thing <laughs> after the documentary of the Mandalorian ends? The documentary about Frozen Two. Like that's all they no, got. No, it's the documentary. No, it's the documentary about making the documentary for The Mandalorian. No, and then I'm season also, two of Mandalorian and the documentary about the documentary. Is yeah. happening all so, the time. Doing, doing this makes makes sense in that regard. It's like, all right, here is going to be the second wave of subscribers. This can start like a new uh, path for Disney+. Plus. Like, hey, the, th- the thing that we're paying crazy money for – we're giving it to our subscribers. Like we're going to put asses in seats. And this is something that's like a frozen two where people are going to rewatch the shit out of it. Yes. It's going to be, it's going to be on loop. So that is, I get it. It makes sense in that regard, but they need to have now what? All right. It's on there. July 3rd. We're going to kick off the summer with like, you know, something that was supposed to come out in 15 months what are people doing next week? Like, what's what's bringing me back besides rewatching Hamilton fifty two times? Um, like Ducktales or Ducktales? That's it. <laughs> yes, yes. Ducktales. I mean, they just dropped Maleficent there. Uh, they did a whole bunch of stuff with Star Wars. Um, basically, I mean, if you look at Disney Plus, they're 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 after you know Anna Kendrick kicked off her first streaming platform uh, with Noel. Now she's done Quibi and set, soon to be a set in Arizona. It was set in Arizona, by the way. Noel, Noel, yeah, it was. Yeah. They they Good filmed movie. like at a shopping mall just down the street from me. God damn it, um, yeah. that's pretty cool. I like Noel, but it's uh, <laughs> you should a review for it now. It's cute. It's It'll a little be late. So old. Next, I know, next Christmas. In December, we'll do a review next Christmas. Uh, but yeah, it was, it was like it was you know it was like okay here's Black Panther here's this movie here's this movie. Here's that quasi AOC kids show. And then it was, they were banking on late summer Marvel stuff to really, um, uh, the Falcon and the winter soldier, which I almost called the Falcon and the snowman for the hundredth time. 
which is a <laughs> totally different movie. It would have been a better and movie. And then WandaVision. And then that would then we would lead into Man, to Mando too. Um, I agree. I think this is this is it. I, I wonder, you know, with Hamilton as a since it's not a fictionalized movie, it's not like a narrative movie. It's going to be the stage play as a film. Yeah. How much money? How much interest would that be? Al, we were talking about this last week. Fathom events. Like I was going to say, fathom. Yeah. Yeah. How would people be like? Oh, cool! I'm going to go drop twenty bucks on. Uh, fathom events basically type of thing you know like i don't know if i would have rushed out to a theater to watch this movie but now that it's on disney plus yeah i do want to watch it the day it comes out like i don't know if i would have wanted and i don't know how much money that would have made especially like a theatrical reproduction um in theaters i know hamilton is a household name but that concept almost works to me better for streaming and um i also wonder if because of the shuffling of all the stuff that was happening with disney with all the marvel movies being reshuffled throughout the year and the pixar movies being reshuffled in 2021 2022 maybe there just wasn't room for hamilton and that's why they're like okay you know what maybe this we didn't think this movie's going to make a ton of money let's put it on the streaming service I, I bet you they get a lot of subs off of this because people are like, you know what, for a month, for six, for seven bucks, as opposed to, you know, mortgaging off my three kidneys for it, you know, mine, my wife's, and my daughter's. Well, oh. from three people. Um, uh. I need at least one. And, you know, mortgaging <laughs> off three kidneys to get, a, to get one ticket, I could pay seven bucks and I can see the whole damn thing with the original cast, which sure. you're not getting anytime soon. Like maybe you would have gotten Lynn Manuel Miranda or one of the other cast members to come back. To reprise not if they come to, not if they come to Phoenix, they're not going to be here. So. Yeah, that's what I mean. But even on Broadway, like it's very rare. You're never going to see that original magic back together. You're never going to see that group together. You, like I said, you might see one person go back, but um, you're not going to see the original. The, the gang's not going to all come back together. So sure. maybe that's why they moved it over to streaming because they're like, you know what? We'll get more subscribers. And once you're in Disney Plus, I don't know the cancellation rates. If you got kids, man, I mean, or it's why cancel it? You know, at this point, it's like I can watch yeah. a Pixar movie at any time I want for seven bucks. Or hey, Home Alone's there. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it's, there's tons. You need that every Christmas. You bring up a great point about the the shuffling, right? Like the the not being First able time to. I've made a great point on this podcast. Say it again. First time I've made a great point about on this podcast. Yeah, it's first time. I mean, it's what eight episodes in. About time. Well, we're so we're in the ninth. First. The the idea of like, oh, well, the Falcon and the Winter Soldier has been uh, the production been put on hold and WandaVision, things like that. And Kenobi. Well, that that was that was pre that was pre COVID. This is like legitimately like we can't start production because we are not allowed. Right. That's pushed not just the MCU's timeline, but that's pushed Disney's Disney Plus's content timeline. Right. Like Mm -hmm. so besides movies from last summer that they haven't put on the platform yet, what can they do? So they they shuffled off um, the love Simon uh, inspired series and the, um, the Hillary Duff one. Well, uh, that was again, not COVID. That was, no, but they moved uh, them off the timeline to move them to Hulu. Uh, yeah. So that's two, that's two properties. You can't, you're not going to have on Disney plus that were originally 
um, originally on the timeline. For, yeah, the Lizzie McGuire thing? Yeah, yeah. Lizzie McGuire was yeah. moved to, uh, to Hulu. Yeah, so again, though, I don't know their strategy besides moving a, a giant blockbuster movie 15 months up because what is next? Like, like the Mandalorian, Bill, we've talked about this multiple times on Facebook, and I, I, I tweeted about it the other day. I said, wow, we got Watchmen and the Mandalorian, yeah. like a weekly series of these yeah. two phenomenal shows at the exact same time at the end of the last normal year in our history. <laughs> right? I, yeah, and I, so I wonder if... What happens he, now? I don't, I mean... That's going to be the big thing is because do they sh- – because they're not going to shift Soul, which is the Pixar movie. They're not moving that out of theaters. They're not going to move that out of the theater. Um, no. They do have a bunch of stuff like they're moving – I think they have a Percy Jackson series that's going to come soon. They have some There's stuff. no coming soon. They can announce – Everything they want, they can't Nothing start filming, yeah. doing things until they, they start filming. S- so the only thing they can do is animation. Yeah, because well, you can do that from the comfort of your own home. So I'm thinking like maybe the Marvel What If series, like move that up, make it a weekly series. Don't release it all at once. Like give us something to watch. But like, it, again, it's not going to compete with Netflix, who already has like 30 shows in the can. Oh, you guys are bored. Here's too hot to handle. Here's a 10 episode uh, reality series about God. a bunch of bunch of idiots that was great um <laughs> yeah, well, i like how you slipped that much idiots that was great here's working mom season four we're gonna blind take love. blind love we're gonna take the shits creek season from pop tv because we have to deal with them like that's coming here like they could just keep pulling these shows out of nowhere because well, they have like a back catalog of it where is disney's plan Disney Plus does have the Rocketeer, so they've got that going for them. Boom. No, but no, honestly, like I, the only reason I even cared outside of Mandalorian was like it was all these shows from like my childhood, which people are still going through. So you got like the Flight of the Navigator, you've got like Swiss Family Robinson, like all the old stuff that I remember watching as a kid. That's the only reason I had Disney Plus outside of the fact that the Mandalorian was there, and I'll probably keep it strictly for the Mandalorian or you know bounce off of somebody else's subscription or something. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I don't uh, like I said, I don't 100 percent know what their strategy is, but they do own Fox, and so you can get stuff from there. Like, I'm sure there's shows from there that they could they could pull and repackage. Um, it's you know, I think Falcon and the Winter Soldier was going to be an August release, so they were going to go through kind of a lull. Previous to this, I'm I'm fairly certain it was. Um, so they were going to go through a lull, and Falcon and, and Winter Soldier was going to lead into Mandalorian, if I was, if I'm correct. And Mando would kind of be like what it was; it would do that whole October to early December thing. Then you would do all the Christmas stuff. So Disney Plus, like honestly, has not got into the full, you know, within that first year, they don't have that full plan. And I think a lot of the production was going to be for the next few years, not 2020. Yeah. So you know what I just realized? I'm, I'm I, I thought about it because you 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 brought it up and you said uh, Disney Fox and I just got my brain rolling. Yeah. So Simpsons was like big big huge part of like the Disney Plus release, right? Mm-hmm. Where is everything else? Like why why haven't they put Bob's Burgers on there? Well, that's an interesting question. What's the Bob's Burgers movie? 
was supposed that to got come. pushed, got delayed. Is it done? They did it. They did it. So no. we never. No, it's not done. Or Disney pulls Bob's Burgers feature off release schedule. Like that's not great. Well, this is like a headline. Would it be? <laughs> would it be because they pulled it off because they're like they don't know how it's going to be released? Maybe they're pulling that for Disney Plus. Maybe, but again, I I don't think releasing random movies is is a is a strategy. <laughs> right, but I mean, again, again, if you look at what we talked about before, Bob Iger was brought in to fix Disney Plus because there was no plan. And yeah. we're seeing the repercussions of no plan. That it's yeah. it's they're basing it off a of movie of the week from 2020. So they had shit, mm-hmm. you know, and they're theming stuff out. And there's times where Disney Plus is just kind of dead. And that's wh- and that's why these, you know, this Mandalorian documentary is going to run them for eight weeks. Yeah. And then they're going to have a Frozen 2 documentary series, which is going to run for eight weeks. And they'll pop a rating with, you know with uh, Hamilton and they're yeah. going to limp along until Mando and until um, I think production starts again. And then in 2021, 2022, that's where you can see Disney plus being a more of a uh, productive and more, I think uh, consistent content producer. Yeah. They just need to start getting stuff in the can and then releasing it at a, like, at a pace like the, the whole thing with the mcu stuff was like we're making all these shows and we already have release dates for everything they just need to start banking stuff for future use right like 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 a podcast just record them all and then release it don't yeah. do this weekly thing where you you try to find a guest each week and then you just spew random nonsense um Ooh, you know you're drunk the guy yeah, from arizona Dicks, Look, honestly, at the end of the day, Disney Plus just needs some bops and some bangers and some things that really just fought. And they just don't want to have it. They had that's Mandalorian. That's that was the episode. Bops, bangers, <laughs> and things that fuck. Well, maybe not the last part. But Probably yeah. not. Bops and bangers. That's, and, that's uh, honestly, Ben, that's the best way you could possibly end this episode. It absolutely yeah. is. Ben, we're going to take it home. Where can people find you on the internet? Uh, everything's the same. It's at BD Murchison. So B-D-M-U-R-C-H-I-S-O-N. Uh, Instagram and Twitter. Twitter, pretty much at this point, since there's no sports, is just to promote uh, the pop break. Uh, and then Instagram is just a whole bunch of pictures of me on mountains. That's pretty much it. That's that's all I got going on right now. Avoiding rattlesnakes and javelinas, man. Trying. Uh, Al, where can people find you? Uh, on the Twitters and Verify. the Instagrams. Also at Al Manorino Twitter, since there is no like normal life, it's mostly just me. Uh, I don't know actually at this point. What have I been doing on Twitter? Uh, Nothing productive. You uh, productive. I think no. You've just been uh, annoyed at things. <laughs> I have. That's I all have, the Twitter's for. <laughs> I have been annoyed at things, but also I've been getting random like uh, retweets and likes from like celebs, which has been been pretty pretty been humbling like and great. Who? Ooh, let's see. I got a, I got a like from um, Adam Scott. That was cool. I mean, um, friend of the podcast a, now. What was another good one? Um, you're, you're verified, right? So you're kind I of am verified. a big deal. So, so people were like, you can right, I can people, like. And people are like, oh, I got a retweet from Al. Like, that's all I, I'm looking for. Right I'm, I'm truly not a big deal. Um, <laughs> it's like, oh, blue check McGee like my shit. I guess I'm okay. Yeah. Uh, um, 
Oh, uh, the guy from Cash Cab followed me. Well, I just watched four <laughs> episodes of that in a row last Cash night. Because now they're showing on uh, E and Bravo. It's the best. Cash Cab. Cash Cab's so underrated. Um, yeah, and then uh, pictures of my child and and me uh, dying during workouts on Instagram, both at Al Manorino. Nice. So Bill, for me, um, I guess just random thoughts on wrestling. That's on Twitter at Bodkin writes W R I T E S. As for me personally, uh, coming up, I've got a lot of stuff up on the pop break. Um, uh, at this, uh, the day before this podcast was dropped, uh, the TV break, which is the monthly TV podcast, myself, Alex Marcus, and Josh Sarnecki do. Uh, we talked about the Eddie, which is the new Damon Chazelle Netflix series. Uh, I think I talked about DuckTales. No, I did. I always mentioned DuckTales, <laughs> but uh, Dark Side of the Ring, I think, is what I mentioned. Um, for that episode, uh, we also talked a lot about HBO Max, which is what we talked about with Rachel Freeman a few episodes ago. Uh, I also have one with a good buddy of mine, Mike Haleyberger, called The Bird, the Blurred and the Beard, which is our uh, just annual podcast we do. also have reviews of Snowpiercer, DuckTales, and uh, Scoob coming out real soon on the pop break. Um, you could also find me on the floor of my kitchen because I – with that and work, I will be passed out just of pure exhaustion. Um, but every day, check out thepopbreak.com. We've got great writers like Ben who constantly writes awesome pieces. We used to have great stuff from Al, but there's no more <laughs> concerts, so he can't shoot things. So, Al, what was the best concert you shot? I hope it was good. Oh my god, that's a great question. Cool, think of that. And I'll come Va- back. Vamp, vamp, vamp. Next vamp. Uh, <laughs> uh, we are at on Twitter at popbreak.com, all spelled out forward slash popbreak.com, all spelled out on Facebook. Uh, we are at the popbreak on Instagram, which is a little dead right now because again, no concerts. And um, of course, you can check this podcast out on Spotify, you can po- check it out on Apple Podcasts, you can check out the Breakcast, which uh, I guess I'll be renaming the Popbreak Radio Network eventually. Because we have a whole bunch of shows like TV Break, uh, Goodbye to All That, which is like our season finale podcast hosted by Alex Marcus, our TV editor. Uh, we also have uh, Way Too Early Oscar podcasts and and The Winter Sillers, our retro Oscar podcast uh, with, hosted by Marissa Carpico and Matt Taylor. Um, uh, we'll have a couple other po- uh, anniversary podcasts coming up from the Sarnecki Brothers. So check that out on SoundCloud under the Breakcast. And on Apple Podcasts under the breakcast soon coming to uh, Spotify. I hope Al is still looking things up. He probably forgot already. I did. No, what, I did. What is it? I, is it see here now? It might be. That was September Damn, 2020, uh, 2019. We got we did a lot of I worked I walked twenty five miles that one day. Just like running back and forth. It was a beachfront music festival. That's Dude, not happening this year. You don't have to tell that to Ben. If he's been to any of those like yeah. EDM festivals, he knows. Yeah, but I'm, I, get I, my also, I, was, I probably was less under the uh, chemical influence than Ben. No, that's not true. I definitely, <laughs> I definitely was. Um, no, you're right. You're right. <laughs> he's like, nope, nope, nope. <laughs> totally nope. on drugs. <laughs> uh, all right. For Ben Murchison. For Al Manorino. My name is Bill Bodkin. Thank you so much for the... Joining us on the ninth episode of the Socially Distanced Podcast. <laughs> <laughs>